Hi, it's Lori Gibbs, and you're listening to the Yuck Yucks Podcast. And I love you. Sign up at yuckyucks.com to become a VIP member for a chance to win great prizes every month. You will also receive discounts, special offers, and notifications about special shows before they are announced to the general public. Be sure to visit us at www.yuckyucks.com. Twitter. Twitter. And follow us on Twitter using hashtag YYCP. What is going on, my little yuckamaniacs? This is your host, Jake Hirsch. Welcome to the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. What a fantastic week. I'm feeling a lot better. I'm still under the weather. I've still got a cold for uh, all of you uh, who have been uh, so graciously emailing me and uh, checking up on me. And I think all of about two people, uh, and that was uh, including uh, our executive producer, Kira, uh, checked to see if I was, if I was still alive, basically. Because the rest of you uh, uh, knuckleheads uh, never even bothered to give me a shout, uh, an email, a text. Uh, hey, Jake, are you still alive? Um, because, you know, you haven't posted on Facebook in a week. Well, I take that back. I've just been kind of like reposting stuff, announcements. Hey, speaking of announcements, guys, I'm going to jump right into plugging my own stuff here. But um, I'm hosting the Yuck and Comers 2016 Comedy Competition, the Yuck and Comers. A uh, little name I came up with uh, when thinking of people that are climbing the ranks slowly and uh, methodically in the Yuck Yucks family. Yes, tons of amazing local comedians. And the cool part about this contest is that the winners, like the finalists here, will go head-to-head with the Edmontonians. I wonder what, is that what they call them, Edmontonians? It, you know what's funny is back in the day, I remember Don King was promoting a boxing fight in Edmonton, and I believe he said he referred to them as Edmontonianites. Uh, I'd love to put on a uh, boxing match here with all my Edmontonianites. Uh, yeah, Edmontonianites. <laughs> That's brilliant, man. Only Don King can come up with something like that. Uh, yes, the finalists here will go head to head in a grueling death match. Three comedians enter, one comedian leaves. Uh, it's kind of the uh, the Mad Max of it's the Mark Breslin of Thunderdome is basically what we're going to be doing here. Uh, we'll be pitting comedians against each other in an all-out fight for, till the death. Uh, only microphone stands and uh, poor boy hats will be used inside the cage. And uh, whoever, you know, appears at the end of it, whoever's still standing at the end is going to be crowned the 2016 Yuck and Coming champion. Now, there's some great prizes with that. We've got celebrity judges. And by celebrity judges, I mean Al, the guy who works at the corner store down the street. I'm joking. I'm joking. I uh, know we've got some fantastic people lined up to judge. We've got some people from the ever-so-wonderful Funny 1060. We've got Lori Gibbs, uh, who signed on to come and judge. Uh, always uh, incredible talent, uh, Lori Gibbs is. And uh, a couple of surprise guests that are going to be uh, coming out there and, uh, and basically uh, decapitating your life's work. So... Don't let that fool you. Don't let that stop you. Follow your dreams. Don't let anybody crush them. Uh, hey, speaking about following dreams, and uh, you know, I, I don't do a whole lot of plugs on here, but I, I thought uh, a couple were definitely in order. Uh, first off, big props to my man, uh, my main dude, my Latino homie, Eddie Delaseppi, who uh, announced this week that they have signed with uh, the Headgum 
uh, I believe is, is the name of it, HeadGum, uh, with Jake and Amir, which is a very funny uh, online presence, uh, personalities, actors. they got a, a web series. Uh, Jake and Amir, uh, they've got a great show. And, yes, they signed Eddie Delisepi and MJ Riggins, uh, who hosts the Barely Friending podcast. A great show, by the way. And, uh, of course, everyone knows Eddie from being here on the show and, and of course, being a Yucks comic. And he's not the only one out there ripping it up. Uh, a good friend of mine, Kathleen McGee. Uh, big, uh, big congratulations for Kathleen McGee for launching her podcast. Uh, I'm actually the producer of that one. Uh, I'd like to help people out. So if any of you guys out there who want to do some podcasts, who want to do, you know, who might want to work with me to, to produce some stuff, kind of get your name out there, I, I would be more than happy to help you guys out. But yes, Kathleen McGee is a hot mess is the name of the podcast, and it is already surging through the charts. It, it probably helps that she's got some huge names on her show. Uh, right off the bat, her first episode is with Ari Shafir, who, of course, is the elusive white unicorn that uh, I had on the show but uh, did not get a chance to actually uh, record the damn thing. Anyway, uh, we won't revisit that uh, traumatic moment in my life, but uh, we will say congratulations to Kathleen McGee for launching Kathleen McGee is a Hot Mess. Uh, you can check that out, of course, on iTunes and SoundCloud, uh, and she is uh, she's just killing it on there. She's got a great, great voice. Speaking of great talents and great personalities, today's guest... Oh, my God. This was probably the funnest interview that I have done. I, I, I think Sam Tripoli still holds uh, the title for the most craziest podcast I've ever done. Uh, and if you guys have a chance to go back and listen to the Sam Tripoli podcast, absolutely insane. Sam Tripoli is everything that uh, you would expect out of this wild and crazy guy who's been around uh, you know, since the days of uh, Mitzi Shore over at the... Uh, comedy uh the comedy store um fantastic fantastic guest but this was a huge surprise for me because i didn't really know a whole lot what to expect i knew that martha chavez was a very funny comedian uh, i saw a lot of her clips online um i saw uh, a commercial that she had done and uh i i was really kind of not knowing you know how things were going to go one i don't interview a lot of female comedians on this show and that's not because for lack thereof uh, of, of wanting to. It is for just purely lack thereof of uh, the majority of comedians in this business, I believe, are male. And uh, it's a very male-dominated – and I don't mean that in a negative way, uh, but it is. It's a very male-dominated uh, line of work. It seems to be uh, that there's a lot more males in this line of work. However, however, here's what I love about it is that there are a ton – uh, every female comedian that I've met in this business have been super, super talented and just rate right up there with my favorite male comics. So to me, there's no difference. And that's why I love comedy so much is that it, it, it truly is an equal opportunity em employer. Uh, you're, you know, people don't go based on gender. They go based on talent and, and, uh, and women in this country and in this entertainment business, um, are, are just absolutely phenomenal. So when I sat down with Martha Chavez this week, uh, obviously we, we, you know, we, we share the Latino, uh, culture, we share the Latino vibe. And, um, 
you know, it, it's it's fun for me in a way because you'll you'll hear me uh, pronounce words in a certain way because it's fun kind of getting back to my roots. You know, now that I'm here in Canada, I don't talk to a lot of people in Spanish. I don't uh, I don't I'm not able to talk Spanish to uh, you know really anybody here. Uh, my daughter is fluent in Spanish, actually, a hundred percent. I'm not even like a hundred percent fluent. But my daughter is actually hundred percent fluent. Uh, but other than that, I mean, there's, I don't have a ton of family here I can talk Spanish to and you, you kind of miss that. So when you're around someone who's got a really thick, uh, you know, uh, enunciated, uh, accent, uh, or accentuated accent, you, it makes me feel like home. And so when I met Martha, I was just like, wow, this, I feel like home. I kicked my feet up. I was just like, you know what, this, this. This lady is absolutely amazing. She just made me feel right at home. And <laughs> I, I, I'm at a loss for words about how freaking funny Martha Chavez was. Her attitude, her spirit, her, her, her personality just glows. She comes into the room and just lights it up. And we sit down and we have a really great conversation this episode about uh, how she got her start, of course, uh, and, and of co- you know what it's like to perform uh, back in uh, you know South America, and uh, what her experience has been like being uh, a, a, an immigrant to Canada. And so we share a lot of you know same experiences, cultural uh, experiences coming to Canada. Uh, but she just can say it and, and express herself way, way more fun and exciting than I ever could. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy this interview as much as I did. Absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal interview. It was an absolute honor to sit down with Martha Chavez. And uh, hey, listen to yourself. Let's go talk to Martha Chavez. And, uh, and we became really good, good friends. We started talking, you know, off, off the air and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. uh, she gave me a lot of really good advice. Uh, I flew out to Halifax for vacation and we ended up getting together for dinner Yeah. and we hung out and, uh, she was, she was great. She was an absolute pleasure to be around. And she's been, she's always just been amazing with me. She's given me such great advice. Well, uh, you're career an actor advice, too. All that stuff, right? Are you so, an actor too? You know, I did some acting when I was younger, but I never, I never like took it as a, like a, a career. Yeah. yeah, and I never like as a professional. But mm-hmm. what about you? How did you get into comedy? How did I get into comedy? I took a course with Andy Nullman, the CEO of Just of, uh, for Laugh. Really? In Concordia University. It was funny. I was between jobs. Right. I was before that. I was a dental assistant. Mm-hmm. I I was a tour guide for the Latin American Expos Wives. Wow. And I was passionate about stand-up comedy. Right. But I never thought I would do it because of the accent sure. and all of that. I was shy. And then I took um, a volunteer job at the um, I think what was the museum, Chateau Ramsay Museum. Oh wow. That is museum that featured the lives of the pioneers of, with this face, with this Spanish face, I pretended that I was a pioneer. <laughs> oh, and, is it one of those where like you dress up and yeah, everything yeah, and yeah, you act you the part? The, you teach people to churn butter and everything. <laughs> and I seem to be funny, you know, like I, I seem that I entertain people. So yeah. my, friends, my, my friends said, why don't you take the comedy course? Sure. So I took the comedy course and the graduation was 
a show at the comedy works. Right. I never wanted, like, I was terrified. Like, at the month You were, before, like, really shy and everything about it? You were nervous to... Oh, yes, I was nervous, but that, that was, back then I used to drink. Right. So I had two Mickeys of tequila, and I, <laughs> and I had them in the bathroom. And, uh, and uh, my first joke was, I, I um, hi, and I remember the voice. It was like a... Like this, like very shy. Right. Hi, my name is Marta Chavez, and I know that you're thinking I have an awful accent, and I don't give a cheat. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I still do it sometimes. That's great, though, so, because it's like you're playing off the, one of the probably major insecurities you have about getting up on yeah. stage, was that your accent was going to be a problem. And then I discovered that it, it wasn't a problem. Well, it, it, they have tried, sometimes when, when people want to diss you, sure. they have tried to make it a problem but in reality i don't write for my accent like a charo would you know sure, you remember sure. her yeah, I, yeah, yeah. or you, like sofia vergara you really would. try to enunciate I, the i try to enunciate and i try to put substance right behind the joke like right. the accent is uh, is funny yeah yeah yeah. Uh, i realize now that i see sofia vergara on tv right. i realize that, that that a lot of people just the sound they just love find it. it they funny. just love the yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but but it's only now that there is a woman in a major TV show right. do, uh, with an accent. Only now I don't have to explain it. Right. For exactly. the longest time of my career, I had, had to, to. explain to explain. Oh, I have an accent because blah 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 blah. blah. But whenever somebody wants to be a prick, right. let's say, they would address that. Wow, that's it, crazy. It yeah. is crazy, yeah. That's very, very true, though. Very because true. people speak with accents. All the time, yeah. Especially in Toronto. The, Absolutely. The glue that keeps Torontonians together is broken English. Right. You know? That's beautiful. That's a great, great way of looking at it. I never thought about that like that. But it's true, you know. Very like true. A, it's very true. You need that melting pot in order for the city to work together like that. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, it just it, it finds, a, it finds a way. Yeah. It finds a way to, to keep on moving forward. How did you get into, I mean, like, you? so you took a course, but... How did I remain in comedy? I mean, like, because you was know, there anybody in that class that went on to, to do comedy too, or, or did you no, remember? No, you were the only it was, one. I then. was the only one. But the the thing is that okay, so it happened like the, I was. I, I'm not lying. I was a cross country skiing before right. the before the the show. Right before, like a week, two weeks before the show. Sure. And uh, I had been reading Roseanne's biography, one of the first, her first one, because right. she's had several since. Right. But I don't know. <laughs> the I, she, she had one with uh, Tom Arnold, and she, the, the previous one, the first one, and then That's she right. talked about how to her, how she became a comedian. I was cross country skiing between the trees the pine trees in Mont Royal wow. and I cried. I just I wanna do this, I wanna do this. Really? I swear it's like was it was a real calling. Wow. Uh, it must have been the moment that I that, just... that I just fell in the precipice of insanity. And... Because <laughs> because you know like I had no idea the sacrifice that it was that took, you know. So I, I I wonder if it wasn't that wasn't a plus for me, right. you know, to right. not know really what it took. So the first night that I go on stage, there were some strippers in the club. <laughs> it was a Monday night. It was a Monday night. You could see that wow. atmosphere in the Monday night, like <laughs> fog, you know. Right. She, they, the strippers, they pick up a fight with the MC. No way. They are throwing chips at each other. Oh. <laughs> 
And they, but then the MC says to them that I was the only woman right. on the show, and that if they could be nice, please. So everything I said that night, they applauded. They, oh, okay. <laughs> they, yeah, they just went as nuts. if they were in the concert. <laughs> and then the next day, I woke up with this like the Cheshire cat, green, <laughs> just, smiling. just smiling. And I thought that I was ready to be on on on, on Dave Letterman's <laughs> show. I thought, you know how arrogant we are when we begin. Like, oh yeah, you know? like the very first show I I ever did. I think there's that false sense of like. I'm ready to, to do my own special now on TV. You know, I'm ready yeah. for the, you know, I'm ready to go up there and do an hour for, exactly. and you're just thinking to yourself afterwards, like, what? And I hated about? everybody that told me, no, you're not you have ready. to be patient. You have sure. to be patient. But, it, you know, that was, it was the truth. Now wow. what I do, what I would like to do to the young ones, I, you know, have you seen Scare Straight? Yeah. <laughs> do you want to know this? Do you want to be 20 years in the business? That's a great doing pitch. Doing <laughs> You should write a bit about scared straight for comedian kids. You should. I have it on. Oh my god, that's brilliant. Because because it's true. Like there is what they call we we call them the um, the lifers. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you know you're in for life, man. (laughs) For life, no matter the heartbreak, (laughs) no matter the heartbreak. And you know, whenever it it is crazy, but whenever I am really depressed, yeah. Like today that we heard that a colleague, a young man, Josh, passed away. Hadn't passed away. That's right. I, even if I didn't know him, know him that well, it is heavy on your soul. There's a connection there. I, still. There is a there connection is definitely, because it is a small community. It, yeah. it really is. I mean, everybody I talk to, you mention a name, and if they haven't worked worked with them before at one point, they've met them at a festival or or yeah. something. You know what I mean? It's it's a very interconnected yes community. So, but but whenever I'm really this uh, as you. As soon as you came and we started talking about comedy, That's I right. lighten up. You lighten up, yeah. I lighten, I lighten up, and then today, tonight, I do the show, yeah. and I really feel it's 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 a it's, it's a pleasure, it's a blessing, really, wow. to be able to to make people laugh and go up there and smile and make people happy and, and make people happy. That's all I want to make people happy for that hour that they come. You know? So, so w- would you say that it makes you happy to make other people happy? Always, it always made it me always does. like whenever I go, like if I go to the grocery store, like if I go to to the sex shop, that yeah. whenever, <laughs> whenever I'm going to make somebody, going. you know, like warm, sure. you know, like be warm with them, like anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I have got, a, I have gotten out of, of uh, pickles yeah. because Just of that. Because, yeah. Because of that. Wow. Of course, like, there are moments in that which you think, oh boy, I threw my life away. <laughs> I'm out here on the road, busted my ass. I threw it away, and I and uh, and then, but you know something, we are we are blessed, and I don't even believe in God, but I like that word, blessed. You know, of doing what what we love. Absolutely. No, a lot of people don't do what they love. That's true. What do you think you would be doing if you weren't doing comedy? Translator. I am a translator. Yeah. Oh wow. And I was a very very creative translator. (laughs) Like, you, you felt that uh, you you should put I, in some of your own stuff in there, too. No, right? yeah, because I, there was this guy who came to do to adopt a couple of twins in Guatemala, right. and they were seven years old. Nobody wants them. When you're old, it's like being in Hollywood, like sure. for adoption. The older <laughs> nobody, you are, nobody looks at the glass that you're wa- in there. <laughs> nobody wants nobody to, and I wanted cage. them to go with him. I yeah. wanted, and he would say stupid things that I knew. That they were not gonna get him the kids, you know, right, like uh, right. so. I would change them. <laughs> I would change the translation. 
<laughs> like not nothing major. Nothing but let's bad. Say yeah, yeah. They ask him why did you plan to adopt in Guatemala? He said, well, because it's the last place that we look. So I said, because he loves the culture. <laughs> He loves the yeah, culture. Yeah, he's like, because uh, the flight's really cheap and we don't <laughs> yeah. have to spend a lot of it. You're like, oh, because he loves the country. It's beautiful. He loves the culture. Loves the Otherwise, those kids were not They were going. never going to leave. But I, uh, yes, wow. I, I think communication, anything in communication I sure. would be doing, yeah. That's amazing. Yes. So tell me about, okay, so you're in, you're, you started, because you mentioned Concordia University uh -huh. and everything. Obviously, you have the accent. How did you come to Canada? When did all that happen? Well, I came to Canada with a scholarship for languages. Oh, wow. Okay, so you, you came know, over here on ed I was education 17. at first. Yeah. 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 And then the the war exploded because in, in Nicaragua, there was already some... We were about to... It was about to explode. Things right. have been happening for years. Very, very bad, yeah. And my parents had to leave mm -hmm. because they worked for the former government. Right, right. And uh, so they went to Guatemala mm -hmm. when the revolution succeeded. Right. And, um, and now was that like was that like a safe passage exile or was that like they had to leave they had to no, hide they, and like they, secretly they, run? They left thinking that they were gonna come back. Oh, okay. So they didn't take anything with them. Wow, that My must parents have been didn't. Unbelievable. They didn't have any bank accounts wow. outside. Just going they only had a dollar. That was me in Canada. Wow. And uh, they went to Guatemala because that's where the the, the people were living in herds. And, right. I remember and, that. Yeah. And then uh, they went there first. And my father called me and said, "You know, we have to, you have to come back because we can't send you one cent. Mm -hmm. We lost everything. Wow. Everything." And then the, the other Nicaraguan students in Montreal, right. one of them, his father had been a political refugee. And he said to me, well, it's not because of your politics, but why don't you go and try to become a political refugee? Explain to them the situation. Sure. So my father sent me pictures of him in the government and all of that. So I went and I explained uh, my situation. Imagine I didn't even speak English, and I think wow. I drove the translator crazy because I <laughs> I talk a lot. But I, and they asked me, "Do you have money?" I have forty dollars. I remember it was forty dollars. I have forty dollars. So I explained to them. So finally, they gave me uh, a stateless. Uh, that was what that, that's right. what it was a stateless status because mm -hmm. my visa had run out, my passport had run out. Wow, so you and, were stuck uh, in limbo. I was wow. stuck in limbo and waiting for to get the political refugee status. Wow. So, but I wasn't, you know, like uh, I with with the other Nicaraguan students who were also stuck in limbo. Right. We started reading, in, in, you know, remember those things that were called um, ads in the newspaper. Right, right. <laughs> this is not internet. Yeah, yeah. And then there was one ad that said "Mother's Helper." And I went and I applied as a babysitter, basically. Right. Sure. And the, this uh, Jewish family, mm -hmm. they took me in. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about taking care of kids or anything. Right, right. But I lived with them. He was a lawyer. Mr. Wow. Stephen Corda is his name, from Montreal, and his wife. And the baby fell in love with me. So, you know. Wow, just became like family. I, I, they became like family. But, but uh, I, and they helped me to get my, my, um, my refugee status. Wow. Which is what I got first, you know. So what I was a refugee. Story. Yes, I was That's a refugee. Amazing. That's amazing. I have, been, I have made everything I have done in this country, I have done my own. Mm -hmm. I didn't have an uncle and aunt. Uh, you know what I Everything mean? Everything you've made for yourself. For myself. Like the name that I have for myself, I have made it. There was because that's, that happens a lot where people, 
and, and that story doesn't happen a lot. But yet when people usually move to, like, there's somewhat of a soft landing. They've got cousins or uncles or an aunt that will help them out or, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you could stay at my, my place until you find a job or whatever, but you didn't have anybody. Nobody. But I, but I, have, I met people that, sure. that, that were, you know, angels. Right. That That's were that, that were angels, yeah. And I never, how would I say, I never, of course, it was traumatic, yeah. yeah, it was a very like I couldn't I go back imagine. to my country, and I couldn't Everything go back. Everything you know to, about home to, is gone. Exactly, I have never had overcome that uprootedness that you have in your soul. That's crazy. But all comedians are like that. We have restless, some sort man. of. Yeah. We have. Uh, we are fish out of water, really. Right. Right. The most, the more outsider you are, I think, the better your lens. To yeah. write comedy. Absolutely. Yeah. What does your family think about you doing comedy? Were they oh, shocked or were they... No, they always ask me, why am I not... Like, I've been in movies with Denzel Washington yeah. and everything. They always ask me, well, how come you're not doing more? <laughs> <laughs> how come you're not famous like Fluffy? <laughs> that, those are my nephews. They love Fluffy. That, they that, Gabriel Gabriel yeah, yeah. says, how yeah, come yeah. you're not famous like Fluffy? <laughs> That's what they ask. But they have seen me now because I, I started doing comedy doing, in yeah. Spanish. Yeah, in, in Guatemala. Now, what are those opportunities like? What, what's it like for you to go back down to Nicaragua and do and, and do comedy? O- oh, I went once, like ten years ago, and I did the wife of the dictator. Right. And then there were articles, like there were like seven articles. They only seen me once. No <laughs> there way. were articles saying how horrible of a comedian I was. Are you serious? I swear, I was traumatized. And then. <laughs> I just started doing it in Guatemala like three, four years ago. Right. But there is no comedy clubs. There is no no stand-up comedy. You just got to do them at like nightclubs and stuff? There is no nightclubs. You just like, uh, uh, there is the the, the movement now, Uh stand-up comedy. But the kids who are doing it, they believe for some reason that stand-up comedy has a director. They have taken, like there is a guy that appointed himself as the The director director. of these kids. It's like, and he allows them to say, they can only say what he wants. Really? And I came, I gave a worship and I said, in stand-up comedy, there is no director. Yeah, I have is, news for you. You're on it's your like own. when you go, you ski, yeah. you do it on your or you bike, you do sure. it on your own. You can have a team, like you can do it with other people. Right. But it is your skills that will get you ahead. You know. So, so, so the guy hated me <laughs> <laughs> because you blew the lid off of it. They came, big bitch, to tell people, <laughs> and they all sound the same. And it's it's, it's strange, you know, because. Um, that's another thing. If you don't see other people doing stand-up, you, you don't learn. You never get any better. Yeah. You don't learn because you only learn when you see, let's say, I remember when how enlightening it was for me to see a headliner, Kenny Robinson, my first head- headliner wow. that I saw. really? And to see him for four days and uh, to see that people actually repeat things. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And, uh, and then you have like this... Uh, these uh, spontaneous things that you say yeah. that were planned. Exactly. It was like heartbreaking and illuminating at the same time. <laughs> That's funny, though, because I think a lot of people think that every time you get on stage, it's something new all the time. And no. But when, when really, like when you first get into comedy, people tell you, get your five, like Maybe. your five minutes and you work it to death. 
Yeah. You just work it, work it, work it until, and then you could start adding little jokes to get a little bit more time or whatever. Yeah, ramifications. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. But but uh, that was the first time you you kind of realized that wait, this is an act he puts on for. And four then nights I saw a, Wayne Fleming. Right. The one he does the Seinfeld, Cinder, the Cinderella. Um, no, he's Canadian. Wayne Fleming. Wayne Fleming. Oh, who am I he, thinking of? He does uh, Cinderella. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. And also, you know, like everything was calculated. Because in Montreal, we didn't have yak yaks. Montreal, we had Comedy Nest, Comedy Works. And we saw people. It's, it's not like in Ontario that, that right. you see a lot of people. But we saw people. Then I started going to comedy clubs and to learn more, to learn more. To watch people and learn. And um, I was in um, Montreal was a very, a very small comedy community right so i did my first festival in nine months my really? first just for love wow. in, in nine months but in retrospect you know i had five minutes and uh in retrospect you know like when i saw the people i was playing with sure. they had been doing it for years, for and years, it showed, and years yeah. like i didn't die but I, you know, he showed that I was not a professional. <laughs> so, so I thought, I said to myself, I will never feel this way, that I um that I don't belong in a place. And right. I was started working very hard. Even in a homeless shelter, I would go and practice. You know, like really? shows, little shows. And the Kenny Robinson came to Montreal with a show called The Nubian Disciples of Prior. Right. And uh, my neighbor, my Shahid. He goes, hey, Marta, you know, I am I am with these promoters, Keith and Karen, and they are bringing these guys that are doing a show at the Club Soda, which is now Cola Note, it's called. Right. Do you want me to see if you can do five minutes? And then I went, and I did the five minutes, and it was they Kenny. They gave me a spot. They gave me a spot, and then Kenny invited me to come and do the Nubians in Toronto. <laughs> oh, wow. Then Mark Breslin saw me. Yeah. And he said to me, oh, my God, he called me, you know, like Mark calls you with, a, like, you know, he calls you. Yeah. The, and I thought he was going to yell at me. And he goes, you know what? I see you. I see Katina Jimmy. Wow. <laughs> I go, who the hell is Katina Jimmy? And he goes, <laughs> the fat nun in Sister Act. You remember that girl, funny? You know, funny, funny Katina Jimmy. And I'm like, I was traumatized again. And then I started coming because he saw me there. Right. I start, they invited me to come middle. Yeah, yeah. So this was very quick. Everything happened really every, fast every, for you. Everything happened really fast. And, wow. uh, but I owe a lot to, to Serendipity and Kenny Robinson. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Kenny told, do you know Kenny? I, I, well, I know of him. I don't know him personally. Oh, he told yeah. me, Martha Chavez. He <laughs> said, the motherfuckers, <laughs> they want the show. He said, <laughs> because I used to be very one liney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was easier for me to, sure. to pronounce. He said, the motherfuckers, they want a show. They want a performance, the motherfuckers. You know how many channels there are on TV? People will stay home watching their fucking TVs if the motherfucker what doesn't give them talk. a show. <laughs> Yeah. But you know what's funny though is that because Kenny's been around for a long time, yeah. Uh, I've I've interviewed a couple of comedians before that are like in the same you know same group of of guys that are from that time, yeah. And they're all like that. They're fucking crazy when they yeah. go up on stage. They're like, "This better be the best fucking show I put out there." Yeah. Or or 
I'm not going to go out. Like this has got to be the like we got to go crazy. Like we yeah. got we got to make it worth their. They're I love that. It's they, crazy. they want the show. <laughs> they want, they're out. They're, they okay, they're here the for a show. He yeah. Said, yeah, it's true. They paid. They yeah. didn't come. They didn't come to hear you. Yeah, they dress up. It's a night out. Like it's they a, want. They it's want. It's a, a night show. out. You know, we yeah. saw. And, and in those days, we didn't have Netflix. But when I got sure. that pep talk and all of the other things that can keep you at home now, yeah. if the motherfuckers came out, <laughs> you, you gotta give on. them a show. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant no. advice, though. Yeah. yeah did that change? With, like when you started hanging out with you know these bigger acts and this? Stuff, oh yeah, did it that, changed. I must have given you a lot of confidence, but. Did you find that your act changed at all? Like your material changed, your writing changed. Did, yeah. did everything stay the same, or did you keep? You got. I always keep, keep moving. I, yeah. I always keep moving. As I said at the beginning, I talked about having an accent a lot, right? Because I, when I studied linguistics, mm-hmm. and, I, and it also frustrated me that people would judge my intelligence or lack of it. Let's based say on, based on an accent. On an accent, sure. So I, I was too obsessed with. Uh, with, with, you know, I don't want to sound dumb and all of those things. And I, I have to explain about the accent, right. uh, my elocution lessons and all that. But now I talk about anything. I it's, think it's, that, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of funny because like when I think naturally when people have an area that they're not confident about, whether it be language you see that a lot with comics who are really overweight. The first thing they'll do is say, oh, I'm oh, fat, I do. I'm I, fat, I, I'm fat. I you have know what I mean? so much material <laughs> But I mean, you see comics so go out there and you, and you immediately attack your insecurity so that the people in the audience don't see those holes yeah. that you think that they see. Yeah. But it's funny because when I see, you know, people go up on stage and they start doing their act, I look at them and I'm it's the exact opposite of that insecurity. I look at them and I'm like, wow, that dude looks so confident or that woman carries herself so well and graceful on stage. And so like there's women out there that they make jokes about their weight they make jokes about their looks, yeah. but when they're on stage and they're in the moment doing what they're passionate about doing, I think to myself, they're, they're so beautiful and attractive. They look like that. And then they come off the stage and all oh, you're, and okay. they're just a crumpled mess. <laughs> <laughs> you know every compliment is like, Oh no, no, you know what I mean? I'm like, I, I, I can't convince you that you're awesome. You got to know that you're awesome. You know, you, you know what is very interesting that boys in the past, mm-hmm. Boys didn't used to self-deprecate. That's right. Now they do. Now they do. Because now they have a, a they have also not the same as women, but they have pre, pre, some sort of pressure sure. to look good too. Absolutely. I started the boys uh, to hear boys self-deprecating. That's right. But That's it right. was a, a thing about with women to self-deprecate. Right. I I have taken the self-deprecation to another way. Because, right. like, I have not, I have noticed uh, uh, that that in reality, five people are so discriminated <laughs> against in the in this society is now. that you go to to the where they to the chunky chick store, right? Where they sell clothes to chunky chicken, and you realize that designers hate you because <laughs> they sell flowers, 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 bling, 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 horizontal <laughs> stripes, horizontal. Stri- but you know, like, I now I have taken like I celebrated, but I also criticize sure. society for being like that for yeah for making it like that for making it like that yeah it's crazy but i also i am a hypocrite because i also criticize people from buffalo <laughs> <laughs> what's up with buffalo have you been here or something no or because they are gigantic they are and, they, and they and they eat they, they have no shame of eating in front. <laughs> I, I eat but i hide you know what i mean <laughs> that's incredible i mean but you've but your career 
it came off to a really fast start and then but then it 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 really took off it really took off you started getting into you know tv and all that type of stuff so or yeah. movie you know, like movie spots and stuff like that like yeah. I, I saw a commercial uh with you yeah. in it i think you were playing i think it was like a refugee or a, a, yeah. a immigration one or <laughs> what, something what, like that what was i doing uh, you vacuuming. were a <laughs> yeah <laughs> But but before you were vacuuming, you sat yeah. down and you schooled yeah. a couple of white boys on uh, oh, on, on accounting the, or something. Yes, uh, yeah. it was in the in the, the 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 legend you say. That's right. It said if uh, if Canada is such a land of opportunity, why is an MBA cleaning, cleaning buildings cleaning and, offices? And yeah. I said to the director, if Canada is such a land of opportunity, why am I still doing the cleaning? <laughs> Why am I still playing like the fucking the cleaning, maid? The, the cleaning lady, you know? It's, uh, but you know something? We complain about Whitey a lot. Sure. But if you go to, when I was uh, now in Guatemala, right. watching soap operas, even in Guatemala, even in Mexico, Brazil right. and Venezuela, I still would be playing the cleaning lady. That's true. Because only the white people, the Caucasian-looking Latinos, get the main roles. Absolutely. I, like, I grew up watching novellas all the time yeah. because oh, my mom yes. my aunts everybody every day you know after school you come home and they've got novellas on tv and they've got storylines the and they are the most beautiful people in the world yeah but they all look like they're white yeah they like a lot of them and 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 if it's and if they are let well if they are playing the role of latino it's it's such a big gap it's either the farm guy watching the horse with the straw hat yeah. who looks like he's an indigenous farmer or it's this beautiful model who looks like she's from New York City. Exactly. And you're just like, there's such a far gap yeah. in between stereotypes of what Mexican or Latino people are yeah, in comedy. It's, it's like, uh, what was her name? Did you watch the Golden Globes? Yes. That Eva Longoria and the other girl, America is her name? America Ferrara. Ferrara were yeah. saying that they always get confused with one another. And I'm telling you, Josh... <laughs> Jake, I mean, you don't know how many times people confuse people with Eva Longoria. <laughs> I wish that I wish that was my problem. Oh, they, you're right on the self me. the self deprecation they confuse, again. They confuse here. me with El Chapo. Oh, come on. <laughs> I have the same height. You El know? Chapo. Oh El my Chapo, god. Yeah. So okay, so you were mentioning before we started the podcast that you get obsessed with certain stories. That's how we were talking about Gian Gomeshi. Uh, were you fascinated with the El Chapo story? Yeah, I were was you fascinated. Obsessed you know with it what? Fa you know what fascinated me that people like uh, very underprivileged people sure. think that he's a hero. That he's a hero, yeah. And, it's like Robin uh, Hood or something. Yeah. Like Robin Hood. It's like when you see the series Narcos. Yeah. Uh, you want these bad people. Yeah. To win. Yeah. Because they have heart and they have like the narco corridos and yeah, all of those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. And they're giving they, turkeys away to everybody and hams and everything. And, but. What they don't see is behind the scenes what happens when they're decapitating people and oh yeah, and, and they're and teaching kids kids how to do to it to do that in kidnapping people it's and crazy uh, shit. it's crazy. crazy. Yeah, no, I wasn't as, as obsessed with El Chapo because I fear, you know. What 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 got you obsessed with the uh, the Giang because you actually know him. I well, I met him in uh, Canadian show business. Right. Sure. I don't know. It's not that I hang out with. I'm not no, his no, guy. Sure, sure. Try to beat me up, motherfucker. <laughs> Try to beat me up. I'm like a we chihuahua. Should, 
<laughs> we, should have, we should have a celebrity uh, boxing match. Uh, Martha Chavez against Gianco Messi. No, you know what it, what it is with him? There is some, something sinister mm-hmm. in the whole thing because he was, you know, like the chocolatey voice. Yeah, that he had smooth and he's operator. A, the very smooth operator. And even, let's say, let's, the, I believe the women. Sure. But even if I didn't believe them, he, he had a, like a 1950s kind yeah. of office. Like he was a dictator That's to all right. of those people. Yeah, you read and so that, many articles. And, and I started, of course, I was very uh, obsessed with it, you know, with the story. I still am. I still follow it on Twitter and the uh, yeah. whole nine yards. But, but it's very interesting because... Uh, you see this person in the limelight and I think it's the same thing with a lot of celebrities. Like when you, when you hear about them doing really bad shit, you look at them and you're like, wow. Like when I first saw him and I saw how well he was doing with that show Q and you know, these, he was hosting shows and he was interviewing all these celebrities and everything. And you're like, wow, man, this guy really seems like a real gentle, quiet, you know, very humble guy, you know, interviews really well, all the time. We've got really good questions. Uh, the format of the show was very smooth and fluid, and then you and then once something happens and all this stuff comes out, you're yeah. reading about how oh that guy never wrote a fucking question in his no. life. It was all of us writing till midnight, and he wouldn't let us go home, and and yeah. you know he was very you know mean about the show and and how he controlled things and and how he controlled women and all that type of stuff. But it, it when you hear the other side of it. It is the it hypocrisy feel... that, they, that gets you. The yeah, hypocrisy. it's like it's like you expose someone for being a liar for who they are, and then after it's the same thing with like uh, 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 like Kramer from Seinfeld. Remember when he was on stage, and mm-hmm. he kind of becomes this person where you think but, he's like a clown, and then he goes up on stage and he yells the word, you know, like a black Lynching. person. But you know something, we didn't see what happened before. Sure. I wonder what happened before for somebody to snap that way. Exactly. Of course, that I, if if I uh, had snapped, I wouldn't have yelled uh, that racial thing because yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have it in my heart. Right. But sometimes you push a comic and you push a comic, and then they just put they snap. They you snap. Sure. It has happened to the best of us Absolutely. that you snap. Yeah. Yeah. How, what's what are some of your favorite places to perform, and where do you think? you see yourself wanting to be long-term. I love I love Calgary. I love, you like I Calgary love, a lot? Yeah, I love the West. I love, uh, they, treat it, they treat you like a star here. Yeah, that's what everybody the, says about the, about, uh, the Western Cal- Canada. Because Calgary, they don't yeah. see it in Toronto. You're just one of like a bunch of celebrities in Toronto. Sure. And, but in here, like they, if they, the crowds are, the motherfuckers, they really want, <laughs> they they really the want to, they, they really want to laugh. I, I, I like, uh, I I love to perform in theaters. Do you? Yeah, I love to perform. What difficult. is it about? Because there's a lot of people that like performing more in clubs where they feel it's a bit more intimate and stuff like that. But you like the bigger crowds. I like to perform in theaters. I like to the challenge. You know. Yeah. It is not to perform. It's not the same thing to perform in a theater than in a club, obviously, sure. because even because of physics, even right, right, because of, of the way. Let's say in a theater, you won't say a tag. Right. Because right. by the time the sound comes back to you, they forgot. Exactly. So exactly. it's a challenge always to adapt uh, to perform as you perform in a club, right. in a theater. So what was that like for you? Because you've done some, you've done just like just for laughs. You've done it a million times. What yeah. was that like going out on stage? I mean, that's that's a big, big, that's a big show. It is. It is. Oh, uh, it is pressure. The, the difference between uh, between doing a club in which nobody's watching you is the pressure. You know, sure. everybody. Is uh, you're like merchandise. Right. You're like a potato, but potatoes 
are not self-aware of being a potato. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that when you are self-aware, it makes your it even... performance changes. Right. So the trick is like to to really psych yourself up for it. You know, right. like uh, imagine like athletes do that. Uh, well, yeah, I, I used to I used to manage fighters and and fighters. I used to like before they go out to fight, they yeah. get. I mean, there's some guys who just sit there, very stoic and very quiet and relaxed, and there's other guys who. They, need, pa, 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 pa. To, they, they need to get, ah, they need Latinos to get must you know, be fired up, right? Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen it. that boxer from Nicaragua, Ricardo Mayorga? Oh, of course. Mayorga. Have you seen that? He's not, he's not, oh, I'm gonna he's crazy as shit. Crazy. Crazy. And he's tough as nails. He's crazy, but every time they beat him up, I cheer. <laughs> you don't like, like him I, or what? I hate his guts. <laughs> Why do you because, hate him? Because of his big mouth, you know? Well, but, but I smokes. think he has taken, I think he has taken... Uh, what American athletes like to do, yeah, and kind of in transcribed Rocky, it in the and, Rocky movies, exactly, <laughs> exactly. No, but yeah, he, he smokes and he smokes crazy and shit. like you know, like he's an athlete and he's like, the cigarette is dangling off his yeah, mouth, yeah. And then uh, when he lost, to, who did he lose to? I think it was to that guy. Uh, what is his name? Level. Oh, um, uh, I know who you're talking about. But uh, it wasn't just boxing. It was like the boxing that they do kick also. What that's is right. Yeah, what yeah, is the yeah, name? Yeah. Tell me the technical name. Oh, like the, uh, 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 well, not kickboxing, but uh, like MMA. MMA. That yeah. was, he thought he was going to win to that guy. And, <laughs> and when he lost, he cried and, and he gave a speech. Like, you know, a truck driver. Exactly. Sounded like from Harvard. <laughs> Compared to him, I'm so fucking mad, motherfucker. I'm fucking mad because I'm a macho man. And this is happening. And he always dedicates the, the fights to Daniel Ortega from Nicaragua. So I hate him even more. <laughs> so, you, you know, we are very passionate about politics. Very passionate. <laughs> so, so where do you call home now? Where I, do you call home now? I call home Toronto. Toronto now. Yeah, but I mean, when I say that I go back home, is where my family lives. Is where family is. is. Guatemala. Has your family ever considered moving to Canada, or are they happy? No, they're, they're happy. No, they're happy. They married. They, all my siblings married Guatemalans and everything. How, how many happy. brothers and sisters? I have uh, two brothers and one sister. Wow. And they all have children, and they. they all, and I don't the... think they have ever even gone back to Nicaragua. Really? It was, and it's very close. You know. Wow. It was as if we. Divorce, but still, I, I read the newspapers daily about Nicaragua, and yeah, I still like am like right? in the in the internet giving my opinion, <laughs> like a crazy person. <laughs> but uh, oh, you know what? In Guatemala, the president is mm -hmm. a former comedian, the new president. Really? Yes. Wow. It, 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 I was there when they inaugural. Yeah. But apparently, he's a puppet of the military. Of all. Oh, so he's and, already bought and paid for them. But huh? in the in the inaugural, and he was doing blackface as <laughs> last year. Blackface. <laughs> I'll send you a clip. Blackface, the president of Guatemala. How politically incorrect is that, huh? <laughs> yeah, he didn't have. He doesn't have any self awareness. How he was. He he said he said, oh no, but the people like it. You know, like the population of of, of the Garifuna yeah. population. That the, 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 the people that he's mocking, he has sure. no, idea no idea how bad that is, you know. Absolutely. And, and he did indigenous face, making fun of the, the indigenous, the which actual are the Indians major, and stuff. Wow. They, they are the majority of people in Guatemala. 
And during his speech at the inaugural, he did not say one funny line. Really? How can you be a comedian for 20 years and it and becomes your second one, skin? And make some make unless, your country laugh a little bit. When unless, you're unless you read the speech, ironically. Exactly. <laughs> I am going to get rid of corruption. <laughs> <laughs> As soon as he got home to his wife, and I or, said, or, or or he would do the jack off thing. Uh -huh. uh, we're going to get rid of corruption, and the... <laughs> that would have been good. Yeah, that would have been good. So, what's up next for you? Where are you going to go? You're in Calgary right now. You're doing yuck yucks here. Yeah. What's after this? Where do you go? From after here? this is Edmonton, mm -hmm. and on the 20th of February, 2016, mm -hmm. I'll be the first Latin woman, and I hope not the last. To be hosting the Actra Awards. That's amazing. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. It is really amazing because everybody's beautiful there. Well, you'll fit right in. You'll Thank fit right you, in. And then I'm doing Winnipeg this year. Wow. And I'm doing my play in Ottawa. It's a, Tell it's a me about the play. Year. The play is about a daughter and a mother and a daughter. Mm -hmm. um, the mother has never accepted her lesbianism. Mm-hmm. And she has lived far away from her mother. Right. So the play is divided in two trips of seven days. Wow. The first trip, I, I say what happened Monday, what happened Tuesday, and the fights with the mother. The sure. second trip, the mother has cancer in the brain. Wow. And then it's the reconciliation, the coming out and mm -hmm. all of that. It's a, it's a tender Play, very but it's very, play. it's very funny though too. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are are you are you doing it from the standpoint? Because I know coming from the Latino culture, like yes. I grew up Latino, and it's still very taboo in in that society in that culture. Yeah. To come out as being homosexual or transgender or anything like that, like it's 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 very. I don't know if it's because of the connection to, to the religion. religion. Of sure. course, it is. That's what the play is about. Because the That's mother, had, from Catholicism, she has become a, a born-again Christian. But do you find that now the younger generation is becoming a lot more accepting? No. You don't think so? Well, they are becoming. Like, I'm out to my family, to all of them, but right. it's something that we don't talk about. Really? They no. still don't acknowledge? They acknowledge my partner now. Right. Because right. they, they, uh, they think my partner has been very good for me. Uh -huh. But what happens is that my partner, she has a... Medic, she has a a plan. She right. works for the government. She has a drug plan, so sure. I now can get my medication. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, hang on to that one. Yeah, yeah, no, no. no, I'm just kidding. That's one of my jokes. No, but, uh, but they, they do. My brother is a pastor, mm -hmm. so it's hard for them, you know, but I, yeah. I just, uh, it's hard for me to be explaining because... You know, like accept me, accept me. It's either they accept you or they don't. Sure. But I don't like to be accepted with a caveat, you know, right, we accept right, right. you, but we just accept. We're don't just you accepting dare, you because don't you, you dare to, to speak to about talk this. about it, or and I because I like I want to continue breathing sure. and living <laughs> above the ground, you know. <laughs> I don't say I did shows and I wouldn't say, but I am not in the closet in the sense that I lie about having a relationship sure, with sure. a man. I don't. It's 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 funny though because I've got. Uh, and, and I won't mention names because there's some people that, that are very private about their stuff, but I've got f close family of mine mm -hmm. that are homosexual and their parents uh, are not of, of the same way. It's, uh -huh. we love you. We just don't want to see 
your lifestyle around us. Yeah. So you come home, you come home for dinner, you come home, you hang out with the family and you do those things. We don't want to acknowledge your partner. We don't want to acknowledge stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So, but I think the cool part is that when I hang out with them and we like the cousins get together and we go out and we go out drinking and we go out to the bar, or whatever, they're able to act like they normally do. And yeah. they're able to bring their partner and they're able to go out for dinner and be however they are, whether it be flamboyant or whether it be affectionate or whether it be whatever it is. Yeah. They feel comfortable because they know that even though their parents are fucked up, their cousins accept and love them no matter what. Exactly. And I think there's, I think it's slowly, it's the more education, I think, yeah. I think the more, the more, you know, society that we live in where there's more acceptance, because if you think about it, and I just had this conversation with someone the other day was like to think about like Justin Trudeau, who, uh-huh. who ran on a platform of, 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 you know, medical marijuana and LGBT community rights yeah. and same sex marriage and, you know, benefits for your partner. Yeah. If you did that even 10, 20 years ago, yeah, that would have been suicide. Have, yeah, but if you didn't look like Justin, listen, I'm gay and I wanted to throw my underwear at him when I saw him. <laughs> like, Canada voted with its pussy. Like, Canada voted avec leur poussoir. Justin came up and all the vaginas across Canada like just open, yeah. open like a lotus flower. Like exactly. That's what happened. And uh, <sighs> no, I think that he, I, I hope that he kind of like, Follows through. From, follows sure. through, but he's always been supportive of, of uh, gay rights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's always like, it's stupid not to be. We are a big segment of the population. Sure, absolutely. But that's why they teach us to hate ourselves. Right. So you won't, won't vote for people that will progress, that will uh, make uh, our rights more, more equal. Forward. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I agree. I that's agree. what happens every time there is a minority. Keep them divided. Yes. So, and hating each other, so... That's how they, that's how they maneuver on top. And you know? now it's very dangerous what's, ha- what's happening in the United States with uh, Ted Cruz. Tell me about it. Because he's an evangelical crazy he's person. He's fucking crazy as shit. He yeah. is crazy. And it's funny because I just got back from Texas about a month ago. And I was down there visiting my mom and my aunts and, you know, everybody. La tía. And, and Exactly. And my tío well, mm-hmm. is hardcore trump Cruz, and for me it's weird because latino Latino. (laughs) that's everybody yeah i always do that i I actually just sent a video to my mom last night of me going ah like that because every time (laughs) every time you tell a story my mom would go ah like that so anyway i was down there and my uncle is very you know very pro Cruz, pro trump very right-wing conservative and it it hurts me to see latino people support somebody who is doesn't like latino and who came over here the same fucking way yeah. every immigrant did like marco rubio oh I his parents him. they came over here they were illegal you know Cruz's dad all that type of stuff but it's like they forget that this is how they got into the country yeah all of a sudden you know they they got into they got into the country they make a little money uh you know they become successful and it's like, fuck everybody else. Yeah. I can't stand that shit. I, I can't stand it. And Marco Rubio, he said today, no, these are people that have backward thinking. He, yeah. he said today he was going to, to abolish choice for women. Right. You know, in, through the whole world, he said. I'm going because of religion. You know, sure. like, where do you want to go back to the Middle Ages? Right, right. And, and to say crazy. that one and one religion is the right religion for everybody. Yeah. You know, I think, you, I, yeah, I mean, 
Are I don't these know. people close to the bottom, you know? Exactly. Close, they they want to bring Armageddon. Absolutely. <laughs> they are the four sportsmen they of, are the of the apocalypse. Of the apocalypse. They are no better than, than, than ISIS. No, no absolutely. They are, they are no better. Like, I really hope that Hillary go, wins. Absolutely. I would like Bernie, but I don't think he has a chance. I'm going to vote. I think I'm going to... I, I know... Ultimately, I know Hillary's going to be the nominee. I yeah. think I think she'll be the the nominee. But I think I think I I really like Bernie Sanders. I really wish he could become president. Yeah. But I just know that he's. I think the word socialist scares a lot of people oh, down yeah. there. And yeah. when push comes to shove, people are gonna. If it's between Hillary and Cruz, they're gonna choose Hillary I think over so. someone who's fucking crazy. Oh for yeah. Sure. I would hope anyway, but uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I really his hope. face is like when you see him, mm-hmm. like uh, you you despise that. I just hate that I just, face. Yeah, I can't stand it. I can't. People stand don't it. understand. Like, why do you hate him so much? I'm like, look at his face. I can't stand his. I can't stand. Like when CNN was running those commercials where it shows their faces on the screen, I just was like, I got sick to my stomach. But also, those. I was wondering because I mean, they hate the the racism that we see now is because of black president. Sure, absolutely. So why would they vote for a Latino president? Exactly, exactly. They'd rather vote for the white woman, I guess. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's it's uh yeah, they would country... rather have a white Democrat than a Latino Republican, right? Yeah, it, it's. It's a very backwards place, and it's funny because the more that you have someone like Trump out there, you know, and Cruz and, you know, the evangelical votes and stuff like that, the more you see those people out there, the more you see people get exposed for that racism and that bigotry and all that type of shit. Yeah. And it's, that's the first country, and I mean, myself being an American— it's very ego. It's very prideful. And everybody in that country is always saying the same shit. Oh, we're not racist. We're not this. We're not. But that's the first thing you see yeah. when the black president gets nominated. Yeah. That's the first shit you see is people yeah, being is, racist. And, and in reality, if Obama was the monster yeah. that they pretend to be, I would have obliterated them all. Absolutely. If I had that power, yeah. kill I'm like, I'm like, you still, <laughs> uh, you still think that this guy is bad and he's like, you he know, I, he's less than a you. year away from leaving office. He would have already done it six yeah. years ago, seven years ago. To take away your guns and all of it's those ignorance. things. It's ignorance. Just ignorance. It's ignorance. Yeah, it's I'm just glad ignorance. that you live here, Jake. Yeah, me too. I'm me really too. glad. And it's been, it's been too. a nice, co- a very nice Thank podcast. you so much. Where can people find you? I know I follow you on Twitter now. www.marthachavez with an S at the end. Mm-hmm. C-H-A-V-E-S dot com. Dot com. And on the Facebook where I pontificate. <laughs> <laughs> the church of martha chavez this sunday yeah. live we should have that special going on and of course on twitter the martha chavez, right? the martha chavez okay yes. well thank you so much for doing this martha i had thank a great you, time Jake. me too i love a lot with you <laughs> All right, folks, and there you have it, the Martha Chavez interview. Didn't I tell you that was awesome? I would honestly host the show. I, I, if, if there's anybody that wants to be a co-host on the show, Martha Chavez would be the one. She's amazing. Hey, on behalf of everybody here at Yucky X, the entire crew, Mr. Mark Breslin, of course, our executive producer, Kira Williams, our webmaster on the one, twos, and threes, Camille Sorovi, and, of course, my boy who does the intro music. Check him out, Mr. Lane Argue. You can find all these people on my Twitter at Jake Hirsch EG. Make sure you hashtag YYCP. Uh, stick around, guys. we got some great, great interviews coming up. And we will see you next week. <laughs>